Welcome to the Mindset Explosion podcast. Unlock your true self and your full potential with me, Matt Redman. I truly believe the rising tide raises all ships and we have so much to give the world. It comes from within and it starts with ourselves. We all have the potential to live our dreams, do the things we thought we couldn't and take full control of our own lives. Sometimes we just feel stuck. It, all it takes is that first step. Take a listen. And if you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget, share it with a friend. Give us a five-star review. Enjoy the show. I didn't think we were going to go live, but we are. Hello. Uh, welcome back to Mindset Explosion. We're on season five, episode number... 10. That's the BSL for 10 because it looks like a 10 emerald. Anyway, uh, I'm here today, a special guest, Emerald Fisk. You're from Moyeri, aren't you? I am. We'll do our Gloucestershire accent together, put everyone off. Um, so local, but over the internet, happy days. Um, so if you are listening on the podcast, don't forget, drop in a five-star review because we love them and drop in some comments. You've got any questions today? Of course, drop those in. We're talking about Emerald's journey from a personal trainer to a property investor, public speaker, course facilitator. Can we say that, Emerald? Yeah, we can now, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I've been, um, I can't think of the word, booked up to, to host a stuff for progressive property, which I'm sure we'll come on to. So I'll get you to introduce yourself in just a second, and then we have our quick fire round, which is pretty new, which isn't very quick fire, but hey, who cares? And then we'll find out a bit more about your uh, journey, Emerald, and maybe a few tips on you know how you've worked your mindset to get to where you are now. So welcome to the show, Emerald. In a few words, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, as you said, I'm Emerald. I used to be a personal trainer, so we're both into the fitness thing. Um, and now I am a property investor. So what does that mean and what do I do? That means I work with other people. I invest their money into properties. We do some work to the property, add some value. And then I haven't really ever sold any of my properties. So we rent them all out. I'd never call myself a landlord. So for anybody that's listening, we um, investors differentiate themselves from landlords because landlords run around doing all the work, fixing leaky taps, pipes, toilets, solving problems. I definitely don't do any of that. Um, I'd be useless. So I sit back and once the property's done and rented, we enjoy the rental income coming in and um, I ring people to solve my problems like the trades. <laughs> Aside from that, I do do some public speaking. So I get on the stages. I absolutely love speaking and training. I'm really passionate about it and helping other people because that's what kickstarted me from being a trainer, a personal trainer to being an investor. So I love the speaking on the stage. And then on top of that, I do some brokering. So my client base of mortgage brokering is mainly investors like ourselves. That's me. Brilliant. I forgot about the broker. See, you've got so many things. <laughs> I needed a long list. Oh, that's great introduction. So thanks, Emma. We'll come back and find out how you got into the property and a little bit maybe about the personal training you've done in the past. Um, but this is supposed to be our quick fire round. We'll just... But it's not. But anyway, what do you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> it's a quick fire, but it's really slow. Okay. <laughs> slow fire round. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> Two hours later, hit the target. All right. Uh, do you prefer podcast or YouTube? 
podcasts. And what's your best one? Oh, the Diary of a CEO. Should I say yours? I'm just in love with the Diary of a CEO. I'm sorry. Oh, who does that one? Oh, my God. Stephen Bartlett. He's just, like, phenomenal. And he's, um, I don't know, it's just every Monday it comes out and he's just opened it to a Monday and a Thursday now. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah. I'm going to see it live in a couple of weeks in Birmingham. I'm dead excited. See, this is why I like to put fire around because you find out about other stuff. He's the new dragon on Dragon's Den. Do you know who he is? Ah, I think so. The young guy. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Right. I'm going to check that one out. Um, Fine, girl. (laughs) (laughs) You got VIP. I haven't got meet and greet. I'm so excited. I'm just going to like not be able to talk. (laughs) You're not going to be at the entrance, like with the. Ah, Steve. Actually, it's a bit of a drama because I'm um, presenting that weekend. So I literally need to jump off the stage, get in my car, drive from Peterborough to Birmingham. It's like an hour and a half. So if anything goes wrong in that drive, I'm going to miss my meet and greet. But I can't not go on the stage. And I'm like, I need to get there and and meet this guy. So I'll let you know how it goes. (laughs) If you're in Peterborough that weekend, make sure you watch carefully and listen carefully so everyone can get away. No no long questions at the end, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I told you it's on the board. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be me. <laughs> Ask someone else. Call me. Call me. I'm in the car. All right. Um book or audio? Audio. Audio. Which um what's your well, I was kind of like podcast. Oh no. Mm-hmm. As an audio book. What's your favorite audio book? Oh god, Top I've got so many. Will Smith's one recently. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Um, what else do I like? How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. That yeah. one's top level. And then, um, what else have I got? Denise Duffield Thomas, How to uh, Get Rich Lucky Bitch, I think it's called. Um, that's really, really good. Like, that's quite a female orientated one. You could probably tell by the title. But once I got over it, the first like chapter or two, I was like, what am I listening to? Like, don't listen yeah. to this but once i got into it i was like actually this is really good yeah oh brilliant is that something that's um like have you been more into podcast audio since being like into property investor or since your mentorship or was it was you oh like- no do you know what um <clears throat> back in my fitness days i was um training to do like bodybuilding comps mm-hmm. and um when I got married, I got to a really low fat percentage. And to do that, you walk a lot. Like I did a lot of like neat exercise. So I was walking maybe like two hours a day and I got into podcast then. It was an exercise thing, like to cure the boredom of going for like a two hour long walk in the morning. Not that I'd recommend anyone do that, like bad advice, but I did it. <laughs> yeah. I, I find that that was my time was like walking or if I had to drive to work or whatever, that, that was a good yeah. time to see an audio book or a podcast on and just... You know, stock up on as much information because sometimes you can't always surround yourself with the people you need. So that's a good yeah. way of doing it. Yeah. All right. So would you say mentor, mentorship, or mastermind, or go your own way? Mastermind all day long. I'm really passionate about this, and I used to think mentoring was the one. I've never thought going it alone. Like I think that's really hard work, and yeah. um, I don't think it's great. But for me, the difference between a mastermind and mentoring is the mastermind is with a group of people, and then you obviously listen to other people's troubles or 
challenges and this might be ones that you're having but you don't even know that's your challenge or just if someone phrases something and you think I'm going to try that whereas mentoring is great but one-to-one I just don't think is as valuable as one-to-one yeah I agree I've always heard the mastermind and actually what what I liked about um obviously you're hosting you've been hosting um progressive property one I like the fact it was mastermind and then you had the mentorship as well really I really like that you get the best of the both worlds um, and you get choice of the mentors. But yeah, mastermind all day long for me, definitely. I'm a people's person, so like I'm happy to share. And if some people want one might suit better because then you can share your challenges without feeling like you might be judged by the group or something. So I totally get that. But for me, if you had to pick one over the other, it'd be mastermind. But if you can do both together, then, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, happy days, definitely. Uh, last one for our not so quick fire round. <laughs> I'm gonna have to rename it. Fire round. Our not so quick fire round. Uh, who's your most influential person, past or present, dead or alive? Or I don't even know if I can answer this question. Um, I would have to probably go with some of the people at Progressive. Um. Yeah, that's who. So I listened to Rob Moore first because obviously everyone listens to him because he's the one with the big mouth in the podcast. Um, but second to that, I met um, Tony Gargan out of Progressive and she's one of the trainers there. And I'd say she influenced me the most to get into property. And I'd say property changed my life the most. But aside from that, then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, good answers. I'd agree. They're, they're really influential people and they... Um, very genuine as well. That's what I found when I've obviously met both of them. So same as you. So yeah, nice. Okay, let's get into our interview. Let's find out a little bit more. So obviously we're talking more about property, but as you said, you you did you were a personal trainer. But how did you get started into property, and, and what was the big why reason behind all that? Okay, this is quite a hilarious story. <laughs> well, I find it funny, but it's not. Um, so I was a personal trainer way back when. And um, I got into personal training because I quit my job because I decided I just wanted to work for myself. And then I realized I didn't really have any skills. And I was like, well, this is a problem. And because I was really into my fitness, I I wanted to do some bodybuilding comps. So I played um, really good level rugby. So because of all of that, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a personal trainer because that is the obvious way to go when you're really passionate about keeping fit. Um, And I hated being a personal trainer. I really didn't enjoy it because I'd go to the gym and um, I'd have to train people that moaned. And I was like, what are you moaning about doing squats? I love doing these. Like, how dare you? Um, So I really really struggled with it. And I never thought I'd struggle with it because I thought, well, I'm passionate about fitness. Obviously, I want to work in that industry. But what I found was I didn't really want to go to the gym or do all of these things because it then became my job. So for me, Max, um, mixing my passion and my profession didn't work so well for me in that sense. Um, But I went to a business event down in Brighton and I went there because I wanted to expand my personal training business. And me and a friend who was my personal trainer at the time, we were considering opening like a small gym in the Stroud area. And we thought, and I just went to this business event and I sort of wanted to know, should I open a gym? Should I expand personal training? Should I go online? Like, what should I do to make my um, income more passive? And when I was there, um, 
I met this lady that I mentioned earlier called Tony Gargan. She went there to, as just a person to talk about property investing and public speaking. And we did something called hot seats. So hot seats is where one of you comes to the front, you sit down and you say, like, this is my business. Should I do X, Y, Z? Has anybody got any input? And Tony came to the front and she was like a property investor. I've got all this passive income. I've built the portfolio with none of my own money using joint venture and angel finance. And I'm a public speaker. And I just sat there and thought, I want to do that. Um, so I went up to Tony afterwards and was like, hi, can I be your stalker? She was like, yeah, absolutely no problem. Which is like, if that was me, I'd have probably been like, no, you definitely can't stalk me. She was like, yeah, no problem. Um, and then and then that's how I fell into property, really. I attended some progressive events and the rest was history. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so that, that was it. So what was the, did you have like a purpose behind it or why? Or is it just you fell in love with it or you thought that that's something I could do or? Like I've all, I think I've always liked property. Um, way back when I was eighteen, I used to do care in the community work, and I used to go in like massive farmhouses or old people's houses, and I think we well, just need to like stick a new kitchen in there, do this, this, and this, and it would be really nice. So I feel like I've always been really passionate about property, um, and I just really got sick of working really hard, like my whole life. I've worked really, really, really hard, like always done overtime. And I'm like, I'm working really hard, but I'm not getting the life that I want. Yeah. And I've thought about property before, but I like a lot of people thought, well, actually, you need huge chunks of money, you need deposits, you need time on your side. And I didn't have any of those things. So I was like, well, property can't be for me because I'm not rich and only rich people can do property. So that's how I felt about it. In terms of a why, um, when I was setting up these businesses, I was, I was um, walking a lot. So I was listening to a lot of podcasts and they were saying to me, like, you don't have to do the nine till five. You don't have to do all these things in life that we're taught as a society that you have to do. Go to school, go to uni, get a good job, work nine till five, stay late, get there early, do what your boss says. And I've always felt like that never really suited me. I, I just didn't want it, but I didn't know of another way. So when I was doing all this walking and listening to these podcasts and people are on there saying, you don't have to do these things. I was like, oh, my God, like, I want this. So I think my why isn't like, oh, I want to give a great future to my children because I don't have any children or anything like that. It was just like an intrinsic need for a, a life that suits me, not suits society and what they tell you to do. Yeah. It, it sounds like from your journey, Emerald, that obviously you you're doing if you're doing like care in the community and being a personal trainer um your server like like myself is like we, we serve and i guess really what what's what has allowed you to do is be able to, to serve in the way that you want to serve because you're coaching now you're doing speaking and you're doing mental you know you're mentoring people so it sounds really is that that is your passion it's just that i'm correct me if i'm wrong i'm just i'm probably speaking a bit from my own thing as well I, I love to i love helping people i love to see people prosper and do well and and even with like i can relate <laughs> you know you do i'm teaching martial arts or fitness and oh, i don't like this um <laughs> it's just fine yeah and, and that for me even when i left engineering it was and it's taken me a long time to realize you know what i i, lo I like to serve but i got to serve on my terms and that and i guess that's what what you're doing now and it's i love the fact you said the same thing like i'm i'm quite new into the the property investment but um 
at this stage uh it's like you don't know what you don't know and you 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 find out and there's it's so many ways to do things and um yeah i think it's remarkable really that you, you, you're able to do you're doing the same thing it's like you just transferred your skill set to something completely you know another way how, how long have you like how long ago did you did you kind of get into the property side of things so i met um tony in may 2017 I did long. my training. No, not massive amounts of time. I did my training that year from like the middle of 2017 onwards. And then I had my first offer accepted on a property, I think Dece December 2017 or January 2018, around that Christmas New Year period is when I had my first offer accepted. And then just from there, I just went really, went for it. Brilliant. So what has been your biggest challenge with this and how did you overcome it? If I'm honest, um, all of it has been mindset. My biggest challenge is what goes on in my head and all the stuff that I tell myself I can't do. And actually, my first 12 to 18 months in property, I would turn up to every event and I was like the moaner in the room. I was like, even though in my first year I bought, um, I think I bought five properties, I had... Um, seven or eight rent to rent deals go through i had lease options i had a lot of stuff going on and i'd turn up and be like i'm not getting anywhere like i can't do this um i can't raise finance i can't like everything was an i can't i can't i can't um or or i'd be little the stuff that i was doing i was like well yeah i've just bought one house but i'm not financially free um or i've just raised like this much finance and so for me my biggest challenge was what my head was telling me all the time. Um, and so I powered on through it. I'm, I'm a creature of habit and I'm a person of commitment. And I like to be a person that always does the things I say I'm going to do. And I think a lot of those personality traits actually came from the training. And just knowing like you go in and you do like a 40k deadlift and then you keep going and then it's 50k and then you're up to your body weight and then you can do one and a half times your body weight. And that was just, you know, I've trained consistently since I was 21 years old. So I think that actually really helped my property because I consistently did things that needed doing, even though I always felt like it wasn't working and that I wasn't good enough. Um, so for me, I think the consistency is actually what got through the hard times but the mindset is what made the journey hard and it didn't need to be hard if that makes sense yeah 100 um and again i can relate and i think with a lot of sports especially individual ones like martial arts is an individual sport like and the same with you doing the bodybuilding it, you do it does it, it trains your brain in ways you don't even fathom sometimes uh, and i see a lot of kids adults and absolutely change change can happen overnight but i think you know it's a, a gradual gradual thing so did you have to do anything um was, was there anything extra to kind of help your mindset or was there like a you know was there a big aha moment where it's like oh my god this is um what did I do to have my mindset? Nothing. I just moaned a lot. Like people will laugh at me in the early days because I never go to property events and moan now. I'm like, this is awesome and everyone yeah. will do it and you've got to get going. But at the beginning, I just found it really hard. I think for me, it was a thing of over time. It got easier. And um, it was also looking back and Facebook actually massively helped with that, believe it or not. Because mm -hmm. even last year, I seen a post 
from my first year in property of all these things that I'd done and I read it and thought I don't do that many deals in a year now so I think it's like having time and then reflecting back and going actually um you weren't doing anything bad you were actually really really good and I think it's a lot of self-coaching um self-reflection self-awareness and I think the more personal development you do the better you get at actually going you know I am good enough at doing all of these things in terms of an aha moment um I think my speaking's helped Um, like speaking from a stage that is and doing podcasts and sharing my story and who I am I think that's really helped in my mind know that I'm a good property investor um because the more I've spoken about it and the more people I've taught and the more people have helped I've actually gone no Emerald you do know your stuff so for me speaking training podcasting all of those things made a massive difference to how I felt about my property journey Uh, and I'll concur to that because when the last event we was at, and um, I think you came on the stage and talked about joint venture, and I'm not not like you know anyone's said anything wrong before, but how you put that out, that's the most sense it's made to me. Oh, so, good. I'm glad yeah, I, <laughs> no, I I said to you, but it, it did. It, yeah. it, oh my god, that's that's so simple. <laughs> Why have I not been able to get it up till now? So yeah, so thank you for that. But yeah, it's obviously community you're consuming lots of information but yeah yours the way you pitched it just that makes so much sense um and i guess being around that environment every every month and you know if you were doing lots of other stuff it it must have had some sort of knock-on effect for you so yeah that's really good um so um and you mentioned that at the beginning that how you you know you you didn't you just thought well i need money to get property and um and obviously you got educated like highly sophisticated education on it really um so the the properties you got is this like your early ones were they all through um outside investors how did that how did that work yeah so um I learned about property and I learned that you could work with private investors or joint ventures so just for everybody listening to differentiate a private investor and a JV partner, a private investor would loan you money and you'd pay that back after an agreed period of time with an interest um, rate added on. Um, And a joint venture partner, you actually go into business together. So you and them work together and you might JV for money and time. They might bring in skills and knowledge. There's many different reasons you'd work with someone on a JV. Most of mine have been, I put all the time in, I find the property deals, I manage the refurb, I manage the tenants, I do all of the work per se. And my JV partner um, puts in the capital to uh, to allow us to do that. Then we we generally buy everything in cash we do the work to the property and then we refinance so my jv partner then gets the majority of their money back and then after that they would either agree a percent for any money that's left in the deal or um i would pay them back out of the cash flow until the money's back out i hope that isn't too um wordy for anybody that's listening and doesn't understand property I hope I've made that simple enough but in basic terms that's what we do so to get started in property you don't actually need any money because you can work with other people so when I started in property um I had literally no money whatsoever my friendship circle didn't have any money to loan me I wasn't in that sort of friendship circle 
um, I wasn't on great terms with a lot of my family because I just got divorced and everyone was proper fuming with me about it. So it wasn't like I could be like, oh, do you want to go into my new business venture? Everyone would have been like, absolutely Ooh. not, Emerald. I don't think so. Um, so I went at it alone. I got myself educated and I started networking in property circles. And I literally kept going back to progressive. And my style of raising finance then was probably a little bit on the desperate side because it was like, I've got these deals, I've got these deals. Who wants to fund them? Or does anybody want to buy them from me? Like, is there any way I can work with someone? Um, And I just took a deal that I'd negotiated up in the Northwest to um, a progressive event. And I just said, like, this is my deal. I'm happy to source it to anyone. I'm happy to do anything. And and, um, a gentleman in the room said, let's have a chat about it. And we ended up buying five properties together. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, That that gave me, like, the credibility. It, It He put a lot... People think, well, maybe you need skills, like, can you manage builders? Can you do refurbs? At that time, I'd never managed a refurb. So I say to people, people don't always invest for because you're the most knowledgeable person in the room. Sometimes people invest because... They believe you've got the determination. They believe you've got the drive, the motivation to do it. And actually, um, there's a massive property event that happens occasionally. Um, It's the Property Super Conference. And there was over a thousand people in that room. And um, someone stood at the front and said, stand up if you would rather invest in an all right to good deal with someone that you really, really like over investing in an absolutely awesome deal but you hate the person doing that deal and 90 percent of the room would rather invest with someone that's got an all right deal and not a massive amount of experience but they like that person and a very small portion of the room went i'll go with the best deal in the world but i hate the person and that said it all to me oh definitely and i think it's it's all about relationships for everything at the end of the day and i've i've always said often said on like the podcast that that you, know, you can go into a, a corner shop, right? I know it's we're moving off property here, but you can go into a corner shop. You may be, you know, you're visiting somewhere new or whatever, and you buy a, a chocolate bar, whatever you're buying, but immediately you've created a relationship with that person. And I think yeah. um, it's such an important thing that you know, we've all got skill sets of some kind. And I, I love the fact with the property that pretty much really anyone can do it. You, you know, just put put your head to to that. Uh, and even when I've recruited in the past, Emerald, I've recruited people that were just based on their character because the martial yeah. arts, you know, I could teach you that. If they were teaching the fitness anyway, you know, for certainly I got four moves, I got to, well, six moves to teach this person. If they got the right attitude, that they're, they're there, they're, they're, they're going to be flying. So, yeah, I think that's that's really important what you've, you've said. And um, you know, it's just nice to put, you know, to, to share that with everybody to say, look, you, you know, you can do this. Just you know, we, we all we all got people that will, will warm to us. That's, that's just I think that's just a general rule of thumb, isn't it? People warm. Yeah. Not everyone. <laughs> I, I, I always say people buy people, um, yeah, and that's and that's what there is to it. So a lot of the work for people to be able to raise finance, like, are you likable? Are you good at what you do? Are you determination? Are you a problem solver? Have you got all these personality traits? Um, because people can work with that but if you're like I was at the beginning of my journey a moaner like negative all those things then can people buy into that not so well so I think with the right mindset you can do anything yeah definitely and and I still 
I, I know you keep saying you was a mooner, but I think you put yourself in the right the right um, circle of influence as well, and that, that's also important. And um, and that's a decision at the end of the day. Is like, well, should I go here? Should I do this? Should I invest in this? Yes, it's going to benefit me. Makes so much sense. So yeah. So what's been your um, biggest win in the last twelve months? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Um, speaking for Progressive, I think would be my top one. Um, yeah. Ever since I seen the people on the stages, I was like, I looked at them and thought they were so awesome. I was like, I'd never, ever be able to do that. And it was something I really wanted to do. And I believed that you had to be a special person to do that or really good at presenting. I didn't really understand that actually it's a learned skill and, and you can go and learn to speak publicly and, and you get better with practice. Um, so for me to be able to do that, I think that's definitely my biggest win. Um, massive achievement, definitely. Yeah, because I think when I, I came up to the academy uh, last month, I, I, I don't know if you said that was your first or your second, but it looked yeah. like you've been ages, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think that was, I think, which are you the Wednesday group? Yeah. Yeah, so that was my first time hosting the academy. So I obviously presented yeah. before, oh. yeah, I presented sections on no many down i presented sections on other courses that they've ran but that was my first time where like the day was mine as it were yeah. um and actually i just wanted to help everyone and i've really enjoyed connecting people like as the host i'm like you should definitely sp speak to them and you should speak to them and, and dragging people out and saying no come up on stage like show who you are tell people why you're amazing and why they need to invest with you yeah I loved it and um, mass and you know I sat the academy back in 2018 so to come back in 2022 as the host and to be able to add value to other people's property journeys was yeah mind-blowing <laughs> oh my god so I, I sent a little shiver to think that was your first one because I, I just I, honest honest to god it, it seemed like you've been doing it for ages and and actually as well you think what's that four years is it four years Four yeah. years, so they wouldn't have, they wouldn't put you up on that stage had you not accomplished what you accomplished. So that kind of says like it's, it's, it's quite four years isn't that long, is it? Really, four or five years. It's a short space of time. So you've obviously got you know you've proved like yeah. only if you hadn't done it, you've absolutely smashed it to be able to then. I don't think Progressive would let you talk about it otherwise, would they? No, no, you've got to have been through um, their training to go on the stages and then you've got to have proven results that you're doing all right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, really privileged to be in that position to be able to help other people. Yeah, definitely. Now, I know what um, I think was I, I asked you about some service accommodation and you because um, it's Chapman races next week. Yeah, <laughs> I've got some funny stories about that. <laughs> if you want to hear them. Yes, that's why I'm asking. We all want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> where you was running service accommodations. So um, one of my higher cash flowing strategies back in the early days was SA, and I don't do it anymore because what I'll tell you is I'm terrible at systemization. So I can get deals, I can get them going, I can get places tenanted, but then I'm on to the next deal all the time. And service accommodation, for anybody that doesn't know, is basically running Airbnbs. So it's like a hotel service, um, and there's a lot of systemization that you can put in, so it runs automatically. Are you going to get me to sit at a laptop and get things to run automatically? Absolutely not. So for me, service accommodation was hard work because it was easier for me to answer the phone and the emails than I felt it was to train someone to do that for me. So that's my bad as a business owner. Um, 
So I had these SA and I needed them because they cash flowed really, really well at the beginning. So that, that was the thing that made it so that I didn't really need to work. Um, and then in race week, I'd have all these really, really drunk Irish men. You'd like find them asleep in the bin, in the hedges, outside the property. But they'd obviously paid an awful lot of money to be there because in race week, you know, we could get um, over 500 quid a night in some of our properties. So so you, you, you're talking a good income. Um, and I thought my cleaners are not going to be strong enough because some people would stay the week, whereas some people might do the first two days and then you'd have a second set of people the next two days. So if ever we had a changeover within race week, I knew I had to go over myself and make sure people were up out of bed and out of the flat so that we could do the turnaround and make it ready. And I'm like, this Irish dude's in bed and I'm like, come on, mate, it's 11 o'clock. It's past your checkout time. You need to get out. We've got to change the sheets and all of that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, in a minute. There's like notes all over the floor. There's like um, drugs on the mantelpiece. There's like clothes everywhere. And I'm like, come on, mate, please get it. And then um, some other people come back from the pub opposite. They've been for a pub breakfast and come back. And I'm like, no, you will need to get out. And this guy goes to me. I can't do an Irish accent. But he was like, God, my wife nags, but she hasn't got a patch on you. I was like, cheers, mate. Get out of my flat then so I can get the cleaners in so that we can get the next people in. Um, yeah, that's service accommodation in race week. Brilliant. Wasn't Kevin McDonald, was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no it wasn't it was um it, i think we had a corporate booking from a bank oh, and wow. they just were like they were just smashed like i don't know how local like the people that watch this are but Cheltenham race week is just full of drunk irish men isn't it well Pretty there was me yeah. turfing them out of bed in the mornings <laughs> it may have been some of my family emerald so i don't know i've got about 500 cousins got a big family oh. I'm surprised Kevin's not related to me. He's from the same area. <laughs> oh, is he? Oh, hilarious. Like, they're really nice and that, but I'm just like, my yeah. God, like, you're just... Do you know what drunk people are like? They're a pain in the ass, aren't they, basically? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you're sober, they're more a pain in the ass when you're sober. And, and it, yeah. And do you know what? I think I would have been fuming, but I took my best mate with me. She was like, I'll come and help you out. So I took my best yeah. mate with me at the time, and she was absolutely wetting herself. And if she hadn't found it so funny, I think I'd have been really cross. But we're just both stood there laughing, like, come on, mate, please get out of bed. And yeah. he's just, like, drunk, like, no, I am, I am. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. We have a good <laughs> humour, so <laughs> just get fiery times. Um, no, that's, that's funny. <laughs> um, I don't know if I just asked you this. Are you working? I, I, I guess you kind of answer it in a way. Anything you're working on right now? Is there any projects, projects, or or more like on the personal, the public speaking, or anything like that? So what am I working on? I'm doing. I'm just picking up more speaking with Progressive. Really, in terms of property, I've got a block of flats in Gloucester that I would like to purchase at the moment. I've got two blocks in Cheltenham. One, I've sort of agreed with the landlady. We just need to fully agree and decide when she wants to sell it. Um, and then she's told me the next door neighbour of that one is looking to sell as well. So I've got his number and I'm going to give him a ring and see if there's any legs in that deal. Um, mainly, I'm looking at blocks of flats in the area. So I'm a lazy property investor. I like single lets. Um, I'm not. I've got. I've got a HMO. I'm not massively into them. Um, small blocks of flats, mixed use buildings. They're like. Oh, my favorite yeah. thing right. um so it's because like single let tenants are much easier to look after and buying in a block means that you can buy more than one single let in one go 
So for yeah. me, I'm like, it's got a good yield. It's a good deal in our area. We get a good amount of capital appreciation within Gloucester and Cheltenham. So for me, yeah, that's what I'm looking at purchasing at the moment. So do you do, you do much work to those ones? or? Um, yeah. So everything I've bought really has needed a full refurb. Um, so we go in, you know, generally we'll like rewire new heating system. Although in some blocks of flats, we've not done gas boilers. We've gone for the electric heating. Um, sometimes you need windows and that depending on the deal. Um, yeah, maybe a replaster throughout, paint it, new kitchen, bathroom. Like some of the deals I've done haven't had a new kitchen and bathroom. Like I've done houses where the kitchen's been all right. So we've just painted throughout, um, revamped the heating system and the bathroom. It just depends on the deal, really. Yeah. Must be, obviously, it must be such a, a great feeling once it's done and you, you know, you've made that look. Livable. I'm not saying it wouldn't have been livable before, obviously. I'll go it was. Yeah, yeah no, some of the stuff I've bought is like wipe your feet on the way out, disgusting. Sure. Like just not okay. <laughs> Do not I looked at a few last week and I've I found a lot of them were quite damp. And I, I can really feel I'm gonna have to start wearing like a face mask, a boiler suit, <laughs> respirator going. I was like coughing after I, like, I can't get the smell out my nose. Do you find yeah. that? I've had like holes in the roof, like the worst one, top tip for property viewings. This is my number one top tip. If you walk into a semi, not derelict, but you know them houses that haven't been lived in for a while. I don't know why, but I walk in and there's always a fridge there. I think, yeah, I'm going to open that. Just never open it. Oh, just get uh, uh, that. <laughs> like, it just absolutely, like you open it. There's normally like mouldy eggs that have been there for two years. Oh, and it like stinks and you're like but i still walk in and think i'm going to open that fridge even though i know better than that have you not seen ghostbusters when they open the fridge and it's like the <laughs> zool the gate whatever yeah that's literally what it's like, <laughs> like and i don't know why it's like a habit isn't it you open a cupboard or a fridge yeah. or whatever and have a look just don't do it yeah there's one we looked at it was raining last week and we went and had a look is it you can go for there if you want if you put your hood up <laughs> it was literally raining inside yeah yeah <laughs> we'll give that one a miss just tell me what it looks like <laughs> what's in there's dark room cool <laughs> um now it's been a, have you got one piece of advice that you would give your younger self yeah enjoy it enjoy the journey um and don't be so desperate to get to places that you're not yet. Obviously, driving determination is really good. But like some things you just can't rush, like building relationships with investors. That takes time. Um, building business relationships. That takes time. Building relationships with estate agents. Like, And I think it's just allowing yourself that time instead of going like, I want it now. Like, I wish I had a, you know, when I we're starting it's like I want a massive portfolio now but if I'd have had 10 offers accepted on 10 houses it wouldn't have coped so like why even bother wishing that yeah. um so I always say to people now like you only ever need one investor and one deal and then you do that one and then you can look at the next one like your goal might be to get to 10 or 20 or whatever it is that you want but right now it's just one and I relate that back to when you're in the, the gym because I relate a lot to to being in the gym it's like you just focus on getting that first rep don't you or getting that first move in a martial art like you might want to know it all or um i don't know you probably have belts don't you i'm really thick with things like that but you get the first belt don't you like you don't need to get to the fifth or sixth or however many you've got just just get one turn up turn up first <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah turn up turn up to a yeah. viewing 
that's it. Yeah. There. Yeah. No, I like that. It's, it's a marathon. Uh, a mentor years ago, he said, because I, I, for the, the business, and I was stressing it, I had a, a, a scarcity moment. And he said, Matt, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Just just calm down. That's yeah. always stuck with me. And I think it's, it's so true of many things in life, isn't it? And obviously, you've changed a career path. I changed mine, you know, I think, oh my God, I was 30. I changed from an engineer to, Coming an instructor and and even that that was me working in a working for someone else and then then it was my business and I was working in the business I work on the bit so yeah it's just things come at the right time don't you reckon yeah and it's just focusing on that one next thing when you started as an instructor like you couldn't have owned the business and worked on it then do you know what I mean you needed to earn your stripes and work your way through and yeah. I think for anybody starting out it's like just enjoy the moment that you're in because actually there's a lot of things that are good about being an employed instructor. So although you want to be working on the business, you've got different stresses now. So enjoy yeah. that time where you're just being a good instructor because you don't get that back once you level up. No. And everything leads on to something else. I think say say yes to stuff is a, is a good one. Say yes to stuff. So you were, um, so obviously I know you're, you're from the Gloucestershire area, like. <laughs> uh, you went up to that there Liverpool, didn't you? I did. Um, do you want me to explain why? If you want to, don't have yeah, to. There's not, there's not much to it, really. Like, um, so I was, I was like, did a load of viewings in Gloucester. Instead of listening to the vendor's problems or working with the vendor, I just put a load of 25% below market value offers in, and lo and behold, nobody accepted them. <laughs> I was like, our property don't work in Gloucestershire, too expensive this area, crap, don't work here. Mm. And then I went up to Birmingham, and did the same thing, didn't work. And I just worked my way up the country. And then I ended up in a place called St. Helens, which is just outside Liverpool. And I had an offer accepted. But in the background, I had a, a lot of like personal stuff going on in my life. Like I was um, halfway through a separation um, with the aim to get divorced. I was selling my home at the time. Um, I felt really judged by friends and family. Like it just wasn't great. So when I had an offer accepted near Liverpool, I was like, that's great. I packed a bag and moved up there. Just just because I wanted to make property work and I had a lot going on and it just totally made sense at the time. I only stayed up there for a year whilst I renovated a couple of houses with my JV partner that I mentioned earlier. Um, and then I was like really lonely and miserable because I had no friends in Liverpool but I was doing property so then I was like well property's working but now my life's not working and that's when I moved back down south and did um service accommodation in Cheltenham for the cash flow and um thought where I could do like buy refurbish refinance buy to let so then I went over to South Wales and was like you can still buy cheap properties there you know like the 40 50 grand ones and then I started buying in Gloucester and was like what why have I ever traveled to buy property when I could just do it at home yeah but it's all part of the journey as you said yeah yeah so how many um it's okay to ask how many properties you have that <laughs> I always say a few. I've got a few in a few different areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I say to people is when they ask that question, right? I could have a hundred properties, but if they all cash flowed at a quid each, that's a crap portfolio. So actually, what most people and I probably won't answer this, but what the question is is like, how much do you cash flow out of your properties? So yeah. my answer always is, I could live off mine. I don't because I'm always expanding that business. So I've always done something alongside it. 
So at one point I had SA along purchasing properties. At the moment, I've got my brokering and speaking purchasing uh, alongside purchasing properties. Um, if I wanted to bin it all off, I could do that, but then I'd not expand so quickly, if that makes sense. And I don't want to bin it all off. I love speaking and brokering and everything else. And I guess, actually, you made a, it made me think of a real good point. Is 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 what what is it for you anyway? Is you know for me like I just want it was all about having time with um, you know for me to step out away work on my business when I kind of got that head. It's time for my kids. So when school holidays came, they could come and stay with me, and I have you know a good amount of time. With, you know um, that that was really important to me. So I think yeah, yeah, it's not really a. It's a hard one to answer, isn't it? It is what it is, and it's it's it gives me what I I want and need, and what everyone wants and needs is going to be you know real different, I guess. Um, obviously, so you've come from uh, you know the the person like how long did you train as a personal trainer? Oh, so, um, what did I do? I was training to be an accountant at the same time. I was like, I'm going to set up a counselling business, and then um, so I did my first level AAT two, I think it is, and then I found someone that said they would train me to do my AAT three. So I did that job for like six weeks and it was like the worst job I'd ever had. I literally hated it. And I'd left um, managing a care agency. I'd left that job to do this apprentice accountancy thing. And I was like, this is awful. No one speaks in accountancy offices and everyone's really boring. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like no one spoke to me. You sit there in silence from nine till five. I was like, this is hideous. Like I need to talk. Um <laughs> So after six weeks of being an accountant or a trainee accountant, I quit. Mm. Um, and then I was like, well, what am I going to do? Um, and in the background, I've been doing my PT qualification, not because I wanted to do it full time. It was just something that I wanted. Um, so then I had a PT business like straight away. I had to get going, get clients, you know, get my ass in gear because I had bills to pay. When was that? That was... 2016 probably mid 2016 I went as a personal trainer I had no like stepping stone of having some income in the background because obviously I've just quit all my jobs um and then I did that until I moved up to Liverpool in early January 2018 so not that long really I don't think yeah wow so it's, it's interesting hearing that because I, I guess that's part of the rat race that we all get caught up in from um school of you know get a career get a job stay in there get a pension get promotion um so it's just interesting that um i, I find this with a lot of entrepreneurs actually that they haven't quite settled until they mm. found that that thing and it's um i mean I, I changed career at 30 and i thought that was old whatever um and i think yeah i think it's important to you know if you're in a wherever you are in life that you can you can change you can change that if you're not happy with something you can change it and i, I think the great thing and what your height what you've highlighted is no matter where you are even if you haven't got the money to do these things that you can do it but we're taught and i think we're socially conditioned to do a lot of things that suit obviously you got to suit the system because that system needs to operate but maybe that system isn't that system is not for everybody so if i feel if anyone's watching listening it's a you know, there's all there's something there, and you just just definitely got to find it. Um, you mentioned about the broker. Um, so you, you train trained. Do you have to train to become a mortgage broker? How does that work? Is that, is that quite new as well? 
Yeah, so um, just to go back to your previous point before I ask yeah. that question, I totally agree. Like, I think people need to chase happiness a bit more. And mm. when I sat in that office for six weeks, I just thought, this is making me miserable. I can't do it. So I jumped ships. Now, obviously, I had the PT like warming up in the background but then I just had to go out and get clients and sometimes you just need to take that leap of faith and go actually you know um I can do that and I think the problem when I was a PT why I didn't enjoy it is because I put so much pressure on myself and if I'd have just actually enjoyed training people I'd have enjoyed it but I was like god I need to hit the ground going I need to get clients I need to do this I need to be a good PT and I felt again really judged by the other PTs in my gym and I think that hindered my performance whereas if I'd have focused on me and serving my clients instead of what I believed other people were looking in and thinking um then it, it might have turned out differently I don't think I wouldn't have I'd have still gone into property because it because love it but I think I might have done more PT and along the side of it instead of just jumping ships and the other point I just wanted to raise on that was the underlying thread through all of my career changes was because I got up to being the deputy of a care agency and I couldn't go up because the registered manager was the owner yeah and I was like I don't want to own their company. I want to own a company. And then when I trained to be an accountant, my thought process was, I want to own an accountancy. And then when I was a PT, my thought process was, I want to own a small gym. So what the yeah. property's done for me is I'm, I'm the business owner. And I think I didn't realise at the time that that was actually a really important factor in all of that was like being the business owner. And then when I was the business owner of the SA business, I was like, oh, this is hard work. <laughs> Do you know what I mean though? Because you don't know what you don't know. I'm in a self-employed role as a broker and I do not sit there and think, oh, you know, maybe I should set up a brokerage because I'm like, I know how hard it is. So now I'm like, I've got speaking, I speak underneath the company and I'm happy with that. I've got property and I am in some of it, I'm the sole business owner and others of it, I'm a joint venture partner. So I'm a joint business owner and I've got the broker in again, self-employed underneath the company. And um, I think sometimes you need to go to that limit and go, actually, like there's only certain businesses you want to set up as a person because it's harder than you think. But it's more rewarding than you think as well. So I wouldn't say that to put anybody off, but I think you don't know what you don't know. And I think when I wanted to be the gym owner, the accountancy owner and all these other owners of businesses, um, I wouldn't have coped at all because I had absolutely no idea. But I think the naivety in the dream is also really important to not know sometimes how hard it can be because then you just jump into it and get going, don't you? In terms of the broker, my broker kept saying to me, Emma, you're good at the numbers, Steph. Come and be a broker with me. And I was like, nah, like that looks like a job. I'm not into these jobs. Um, and then during one of the lockdowns, I, I started a property project. And I was like, I'm going to renovate this one myself. Because I was like, oh, my God, what do you do in a lockdown? Like, it was the first one where we actually all fully abided by the rules, you know, where you didn't really go out. So I had this property that I was doing, it, like, ripping it out and painting it and all stuff like that. Um and I did my broker qualification in that time as well. I just thought, why not? I wish I'd have done it loads sooner, if I'm honest. It's given me such a massive overview of good deals and bad deals because I see loads that cross my desk all the time. I've got a really in-depth knowledge of the lending and what banks will and won't do and why they won't do it. Like, why does a bank behave like that? It's all just risk management. So I find that interesting. And also what I found with property is, yeah, I still do deals and I buy and I wouldn't want like a lettings business within property or a state agency. I don't want them sort of businesses. I'm happy being an investor. 
better I need to do something day to day like I'm not happy just sitting on my ass and doing nothing so with the brokering I find you know if you if you want to have a busy month you'll like do some marketing get loads of deals in I've got a really good network of property investors so I can generate leads for myself if I don't and I've got other things on I've got property projects that are taking my time or if I've got a lot of speaking commitments then you can tone it down a little bit um so for me that suits because I'm in control if that makes sense yeah, 100%. And I think that's you, you just hit the nail on the head there. Is that it's about being a business owner, but I think it's having control of your destiny, really. And, and, it, and obviously, I, I like the pandemic for me, it I guess why I went into business buying and the property as well is like the fit fitness industry is freaking hard. That's a hard, that is hard graft. To you know, getting clients, maintaining clients, looking after them, the world's changing, you're having to keep up. Like us for kids, we got to keep up with like technology. <laughs> yeah, freaking easy. Like on it all the time. It is a tough industry, and it's been knocked so hard in the pandemic. So it was for me. It's like thinking I need another stream of income. I was lucky I could still the staff. My staff went on furlough, and yeah, was able to get them a hundred percent of their keep their hundred percent wage. But oh my god, any savings, grants, and all this stuff, it just gone. Just is what it is. But I think. um yeah, so, but I know I'm talking about that industry. A lot of lot were affected. I think it's, and I think at the beginning when you were talking then what as well, it was interesting because, um, uh, I, I you can see that you, it's not like you say you don't sit on your ass. It's like you are on the go all the time. Before we came on, you, you said you're at Peterborough pretty much all next week, doing helping people with publics. You know, um. Um, hosting some of the events and all the stuff that you do so i think it's good to have those different things and it's interesting because for me life can be life can easily get boring <laughs> yes and i and um i like i like as well obviously i've learned so much over you know this year already with it and it's, it's nice that any you know i'm meeting so many different people that you're helping and you know i said you, you've really helped help, help get my head around a lot of stuff and, and it's so inspiring to hear your story that people can do this if they're in a full-time because they can go part-time with it it's, that's what i love about the the whole property thing is this it's a great thing to do and yeah so um i just want to thank you for so we've come to that i've gone a bit more than what we normally do so thank you so much for sharing your story it's really really inspiring and um keep doing what you're doing it's it's been great hearing you up on the stage and you know and, and sharing and teaching us um what is there if anyone's interested in finding out more getting you know maybe what, what are they talking about what's an essay because <laughs> I, I didn't know do, do you know julie hogben yeah I I, so, yeah it was her so I, I i was on some other event and she said about hmo what, what are you on about hmo what 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 are you talking about so <laughs> so and that was a progressive social media thing so yeah if anyone's interested how can they get in touch how can they find out a bit more about some of the courses that you're involved in um facilitating i guess so i'd say uh, the best place to reach me is actually either facebook or instagram so if this is on the live then i'll be tagged in with you yourself matt my name's emerald fisk drop me a message if you're listening on the podcast if you go onto instagram and type in emerald that's e-m-e-r-a-l-d underscore fisk f I S K. Uh, you can reach me on there, drop me a message, um, and we can have a little chat. Always happy to help, talk property, those sort of things. Or mortgage broker. 
Is that just mm-hmm. a professional? Is that what? Is it? Do you uh, do mortgage uh, broker for anyone or? Is... Yeah, like my main client base is um, investors. So I can I can and I do do residential, but I'd say mainly I only do the residential houses of the people that I'm sorting out their portfolios. If that makes sense. Um, but yeah, all of the above. That's me. Brilliant. All right. And obviously open to being a guest on a podcast show or any public speaking events. Book Emerald up. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Oh, thanks, Nick. Hey, I just talked about you, Nick. So I was, uh, Nick has commented is the one that said it's a marathon, not a sprint. There you go. Nice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Emerald. I will see you next week at the Progressive Academy. Thank you. Yeah, tune in next week. Um, can't remember. I got another guest, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Peace, love, always. Bye. It's the awkward. Hi, it's Matt Rubman again. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please check out my other podcasts. I've really interviewed some great people with some great stories talking about how they overcame and developed their own mindset. If you've enjoyed it that much, of course, give me a five star review. Don't forget to share and like.